0: Being Reasonable, now heard on WHUP LP Hillsborough, WCOM Carborough, and WPVM Asheville. Being Reasonable comes to you from the WHUP studios in downtown Hillsborough, North Carolina. Please
1: fasten your seatbelts.
0: I'm Mark Solomon, and you are taking part in Being Reasonable, the weekly conversation show that focuses on how we've arrived on our steadfast views and our desire to know what is true. To participate in this friendly collaboration, all you need is respectfulness and an honest interest in the truth. We can all improve the way we form and consider our beliefs and we can do so by being reasonable.
2: One,
1: two.
0: On this week's show, we speak with Tiffany, Will, and Cedric, three followers of Ekencar. One of the basic tenets of Ekencar is that a soul, or the true self, may be experienced separate from the physical body and in full consciousness travel freely in other planes of reality. Ekankar emphasizes personal spiritual experiences as the most natural way back to a god. First up, Tiffany from the Raleigh Ekankar Center.
3: I am soul and I have a physical body. Sometimes what we hear is that, right, we have a soul and we are this physical body. I think for me, it's a different spin on my true identity Is being soul, and I'm here inside this physical body to have experiences in this lifetime to bring me back home to God. We have this kind of inner sense of ourselves, right? So if we're, having, we're laying in bed or we're having a conversation with ourselves and, you know, if we're driving down the road and we get a nudge to turn right here, all of these things that happen, what I call is on the inner I think that's, we're connecting with our true identity as soul, kind of a higher consciousness that we're tapping into.
0: Okay, so there's a higher consciousness Mm -hmm. that we're referring to as a soul. Mm -hmm. And this soul, I think the way you're describing it, is something akin to intuition, that it will help guide us, Mm -hmm. um, help us make decisions from time to time.
3: With our true identity being soul, I think part of the physical experience that we have in life is learning to tap into that. Yes, to lead and guide us throughout our journey back home to God.
0: How do we know that is true?
3: For me, through Mm -hmm. personal experience.
0: Okay. And maybe we can get a confidence level of how strongly you believe in this. Let's say on a scale from one to seven, seven being the most confident you are in this belief and one the least confident— where would you fall on that scale? Ten. Oh, okay. <laughs> right
3: at ten. Okay,
0: but for our skills purposes, we'll <laughs> for, say seven. For
3: your purpose, seven.
0: <laughs> and I want to kind of understand mm-hmm. when you say seven. Is there anything that would that you could learn? Anything that could happen that would nudge you to six point nine nine? I mean, anything that would change your mind on this? Any flexibility, or you feel you feel like you're fairly strong on this belief?
3: I would say that my, I think all of our our versions and definitions of truth evolve over time. So if we've had an experience that we can look back at and say, wow, at the time I thought that this experience was such, and now that it's been five, 10 years and I can look back and I'm not in the emotional ramification of that experience, and it's almost more of an objective viewpoint, right? Sometimes we can look back and even an experience we can see a different perspective of. So I think Truth is self-identified in any given moment, but it was still truth in that in that time. And so as we evolve in our lives and we grow and we learn and have experiences, I think our definition of any truth evolves with our own spiritual
0: growth. Well, you have said a lot there that we should unpack. Mm-hmm. I think what you're telling me is that you see truth as more of a subjective thing as opposed to a universal truth.
3: So I think everybody's definition of truth is personal. So I believe we have our own personal relationship with God and that guides our every waking and sleeping moment in life to help us grow into this identity that we are as soul.
0: Is there a universal truth?
3: I think that that is the universal truth.
0: So subjective truth is universal truth.
3: I wouldn't say subjective. I think we, with the physical body and our brain being an organ, you know, some of our experiences are limited by just the, f- the physical mind and, and how when we can remove, when we remove ourselves out of that position of sort of being in the emotional plane of things, we can have a higher perspective to view life through a different lens, kind of have a broader, more detached view of our life and our experiences and what that means to us
0: sitting next to us are two chairs. Mm -hmm. And we could agree that those two chairs exist and Mm -hmm. those two chairs would exist whether we existed and persisted in this life or not. So that's a universal truth we could agree on, Mm -hmm. right? Yes. When you're talking about something is true, Mm -hmm. presumably you're talking about something that's connected to reality, something that is real. Mm -hmm. How do we know that your conception of a soul, or even if the soul exists is true.
3: For me personally, I've, I've, I know it to be true because I've had experiences in connecting with that inner part of myself and my relationship with God from that place. And so for me, that's my, my drive, my desire to return home to God. And, and for me, that what that looks like in everyday interactions is learning how to give and receive divine love.
0: We'll we'll have a thought experiment. Mm-hmm. Uh, sitting next to you is Jenny,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and Jenny practices voodoo, mm-hmm. and she says the same thing about voodoo as you're saying uh, about your belief in the soul. Except with voodoo, there's maybe not a conception of the soul, and there may or may not be. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But but let's say in Jenny's case, there's not a conception of the soul, but she feels very strongly that it's true, and you feel very strongly what you're saying is true. How could we find out? Who's right
3: For me I don't I don't think right right or wrong is a tangible thing. So I think what is true in each of our own hearts is valuable to our experience here
0: Just a little confused because I was trying to see if we would agree on a universal truth mm-hmm. So is there a universal truth that this soul exists or am I not seeing it right
3: so I think we we move through whether it be experiences or lifetimes we just we move through life seeking at least for me I was always a seeker even as a young child mm-hmm. um, and so I think the fascinating part is just we're all in our own special, unique place in any any given moment. And there's no, I don't think there's right or wrong. I don't believe in coincidences. I think we Maybe I shouldn't say right uh or wrong. Yeah. Or how
0: about true as in relating to something in reality Mm -hmm. or not true?
3: Do you mean different religious beliefs?
0: Well, in using the example Uh of Jenny and Voodoo, Mm -hmm. she believes what she says Mm -hmm. is true. She believes in Voodoo, but does not believe in a soul. But you do believe in a soul. How can we find out what's true.
3: I think for me, just having my own strong connection with God and the ways that I've encountered that in this lifetime, just how my understanding of truth become real to me. And so to me, if we're giving and receiving love, whatever that means to each of us, I'm okay with loving somebody who believes in voodoo (laughs) and having that be their reality and their truth as much as, you know, I identify with myself as
0: soul. And if they say much the same thing about voodoo, I'm trying to, maybe this is a good question. Mm -hmm. If what you believe was false, how could we find that out?
3: If what we believe is false. So... The reason that I exist as a member of Ekankar is because everything in my journey before I found these teachings, you know, we all have experiences, different things, whatever that means for each of us is unique. When I came across the teachings of Ekankar, they just enhanced the experiences that I was already having. So for me, there wasn't a, you know, changing of my beliefs or, or conforming to a, a thought process it was a very much of an experiential thing for me and just using spiritual tools that are offered, um, you know, whether it be in a workshop, in, in a reading, something, and it's it's so individualized that I would just say it's a knowingness feeling to me of just either even a, a sign that I'm driving down the road and I see a billboard and it has a saying that just it answers a question that maybe I, I had in my heart for the past day or so. Um, And so it's very much of a live kind of living word experience. And it's just very validating.
0: Is having positive and validating experiences and feeling like these experiences have transformed you for the better. Mm -hmm. How does that relate to whether something is true?
3: I think for me... A lot of it is almost difficult to explain in physical words rather than, it kind of goes back to earlier in our conversation when I talked about just this inner seeking, this inner knowingness that doesn't always correlate to something in the outer world. You know, um, it's kind of like if you have, you know, a daydream, you're in class and you have a daydream, you know, you might not even be able to put that into words that make sense, but that that experience was valuable. There was a, a, a gift there, whether we see it in that moment or not.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Let's take a different example. Let's say Jenny doesn't believe in any soul or any religion or, I don't know, any mm-hmm. God, let's say. Uh-huh. And she has those similar experiences of knowing as you do. Can we make a judgment of where the truth lies there?
3: So I. And just, I, in my job and in my personal life and I travel, I, th- I come across a lot of different people. And I, th- what I find is just this commonality of this longing to just learn more about love. My belief is that we're, we're really all seeking just love, giving and receiving love. So whether we're, we're being brought up in one religion or another, you know, or we don't have a belief in a higher power, I think all of these experiences are valuable because they're they're giving us the opportunity to learn more about what it means to give and receive divine love.
0: But my example of Jenny, who doesn't believe in divine anything,
3: mm-hmm.
0: yet yeah, let's say Jenny loves and she understands how this world would be much better if everyone expressed more love to each other. Uh-huh. Does it say anything about whose beliefs are related to what is true and real? I don't think so. So then why do you believe in what? you believe then?
3: Because I think that's, you know, when we define anything, that's still coming from a human mind perception. And so for me, you know, we're looking out at this vast ocean, right? That's such a loving feeling, but where does that come from? Why do a lot of us, you know, have that desire to have these moments that are very profound, but yet simple. And I think truth, truth always comes from, you know, our state of consciousness at the time.
0: Well, with our example, with the two chairs here, mm-hmm. might I assume these two chairs would exist regardless of our state of consciousness?
3: Maybe our perceptions of the two chairs would be unique to each of us.
0: But we could agree that these two chairs are here.
3: hmm But I think our our perception and our Definition of how we might, you know, if we're looking even at the colors of the chairs, th- the blue might speak to me in a different way than the one that has the pattern of the multiple colors. And so I think we can. So
0: see we would that- have definitely different preferences of what chairs we like better, but we could agree that there are two chairs. Yes. Yes. We have a conversation with another follower of Ekankar, Will, after this short break.
4: I believe that we have lived before and that we're living this life and that we will continue to live once this body perishes towards the end of this life, that, that this life is a ch- one chapter in an overall very large book. And maybe I can get the confidence of your belief.
0: Let's say on a scale of from one to seven, how confident would you say that reincarnation is true?
4: I would say a seven. One to seven was your scale. Seven's the strongest, right? Pretty up there. Seven.
0: And then on a scale from one to seven, how
4: important is it for you in believing in things that are true? How important is it for me to believe in things that are true? Very important. So seven I would— Seven. Great. So seven on both. How do we know this is true? Right. Um— well, I'll start with how I was interested in it. Like it was very interesting to me to hear stories of how a child could pick up an instrument and start to play that instrument with no lessons. Like you hear these stories in the news, like there's this kid who's suddenly this phenomenal musician with no training. And so that always got me thinking, like, how how could that be? Like, how could someone just have that ability without any training or knowledge. And I also I work in science. I work in, uh, with water and hydrology. And in hydrology, there's a water cycle, right? It rains, that rain runs off, goes to the ocean, evaporates and comes back. So you're not creating or destroying water. It's just kind of being recycled. So that sort of knowledge of how natural systems work, natural systems work in these cycles, and I'm hearing these stories of, you know, kids and other beings that have these skills, that sort of planted the seed for me. Like, it just seemed—it actually just seemed more natural. To me, it seemed more common sense that we might have this life but we've lived before and we die and, you know, the essence of who we are continues to live— just actually seemed more logical to me than it's a one and done. And what is this essence maybe that will help me? Well, I do believe that this, I guess the essence of who we are, our true identity is soul. So I like this saying, I am soul and I have a body. I see. And
0: how do we know that souls exist in this context of
4: reincarnation. Well, it's one thing I like about Eckankar. So one thing that's I don't know if it's unique, but one of the the ways that the Eckankar works is to pr- is to do contemplations or spiritual exercises. Like this is an inner and outer teaching. So in the outer, we have a spiritual leader, the leader gives talks, writes books, but gives us Spiritual exercises so that we can go in inwardly into that holy of holies, like our inner being, and have these experiences. And so, I, you know, that for in regards to reincarnation, I have this question or I have this interest is reincarnation true? Well, I begin to ask the question and I do contemplations or spiritual exercises and I look for. You know, inner experiences, whether through dreams or intuition or whatever, and or even the way life might speak, you know, very often I'll pose a question Is reincarnation real? And then I look for signs, you know, all over the place just to see if I get that reinforcement. So, having
0: intuition, contemplating, looking inward, is that a reliable way to know?
4: whether something is true. I so in regards to spirituality or spiritual things, I think it's the only true way for each of us because it's not you know again I kind of work in science and you can do a outer experiment and then I can write it up and publish it and then you can come and and replicate it and test it and but but that's all physical, right? So when we move into spiritual, those kinds of physical laws don't apply as much. So for me, having that inner experience or a spiritual experience that proves it true to me, that's, that's my evidence. But the trick is I can't prove that to you, right? I can't give you my inner experience and say, therefore, you have to accept it. Let's suppose Jenny is sitting next
0: to you. Hey, Jenny. <laughs> Jenny practices voodoo. Okay. And she does not believe in reincarnation or even the concept of a soul. Uh-huh. But she goes through the same process as you do. She looks inward, uh-huh. she contemplates, she thinks about things, but she comes to very different conclusions. Right. What can we say about the truth value right. of your experience versus Jenny's experience?
4: Yeah, I don't know that you can. That that's I think that's why we give the methods like here or inspirational stories, you know, or methods to try. But but then your experience is your experience. So if, if I have inner experiences or outer experiences that, that help prove to me that reincarnation is real, then that's my truth. But if Jenny has her own inner experiences and outer experiences that say reincarnation is not true, those are her experiences. And, you know, we will never... There's no outer way that I know of for me to prove that to her or, or, and she's not going to prove it to me because I have this, you know, this, these experiences that I, that I rely on or that I pull from.
0: Hypothetically, would there be a kind of experience that you could foresee going through that would tell you, hey, maybe a reincarnation is not true or the experience of the soul is not true. Is there any experience or any test that would come along that could
4: shake your confidence in, in the belief? No. I've had so many you know, inner experiences as well as outer experiences that validated that, that there's nothing that could take that away. So you're saying that There is
0: no information you could learn, no experience that you could have that would change your mind on this, that Uh, you are pretty set in the belief of reincarnation with the concept of the soul going from body to body.
4: Yes. For sure, yes. I just can't prove it to you, but that's okay. I could give you... Some exercises to try, like, hey, you got this question, you know, here are some spiritual exercises that you could do Mm -hmm. to test that on your own. Sure. But at the end, your conclusion on that your right, it's your freedom, your spiritual freedom. I have my spiritual freedom, you have your spiritual freedom, and Mm -hmm. I'm not going to mess with your spiritual freedom.
0: Sure. But a general question, Mm -hmm. not necessarily related to your belief, just a general question. Should we believe in things that can't be shown to be false
1: mm. well
4: I I don't know if I I don't know that I would say you should believe that I think it makes life a lot more fun but I wouldn't you know I wouldn't stand up in front of a body of people and say you must believe in things that I can't prove to be true. Um, so I would leave it up to each individual to make that decision. But speaking personally, I, to me, it's what makes life fun. Again, I like I like the physical sciences, the things that I can explore and test physically. But I love spiritual exploration as well, and so to me, it makes life very rich. But I wouldn't impose that on someone else. Sure.
0: In the beginning of the conversation, I asked you, how important is truth to you? And you say a set of seven. Yeah, very, yes. is very important very to you. Very important. And we've gotten to the point of the conversation where you tell me that this belief can't be shown to be false. And I'm trying to hold both ideas in my hands at the same time. Yeah. That's where I'm getting a little confused. So pardon me.
4: All right. So, what what part are you? What's the confusing part? That truth
0: to you, uh huh. That something that you believe that is true truth, and real. That is truth a is seven, important. Yeah. Yet the belief can't be shown to be false. Meaning, whether it's true or not, you
4: would so, always believe. So to me, that. it's just that I can't prove that it's false to you. You can't prove that it's false to me that's just a fact, I guess, of, of religion or spirituality. But I do believe a hundred percent. In fact, I know it. I just can't prove it to you that we can test these things that, you know, the one thing we haven't mentioned here is, or I haven't mentioned, I mentioned soul, mentioned reincarnation, but I, I do behind all of that is this, is divine love, right? That for me is the Ultimate reason you would care to know about the nature of soul or reincarnation is that these are these are components. Or the real reason I feel like that we are here is to learn how to give and receive divine love. And the reason I'm bringing that up here is that whether you're saying, you know, well, I don't believe in reincarnation, or I do believe in reincarnation, if if these experiences, the breadth of these experiences are are bringing more love into your life, so you have more love, and then you want to give more love, then, then that's it. Like, what more is there to discuss?
0: <laughs> is it possible to have a belief in none of these concepts, yet still believe in love?
4: I think so, sure. Like an agnostic who may not believe sure. in reincarnation or God, but goes... I had a friend once... Um, many years ago, and he was one of the most giving people you have ever met, just genuinely wanted to help everyone. He And and, and he was a very close friend, and he said, well, he goes, I, I am an agnostic, until God sits down across the table from me and says, I am God, now you know. He goes, eh, I'm, it's possible, but I don't know that I believe it. And so, I, but I mean... Didn't matter to me at all. It's like this person was living it. He was a very good person, full of divine love. He was an agnostic. And I'm trying to good. see it from
0: his perspective. I mean, maybe he would say something to you, and I'm just—the top of my head would be, if I behave the same way in the world as you do, then why have the belief?
4: Mm-hmm. Why not? I, you know— um, I've known quite a few agnostics, and and my experience is that they often they are curious, they are explorers, and so in that regard, we're very much the same. We're exploring and seeking and and testing and finding our own truths. So I I mean, some of it it doesn't matter what label you put on it to me, but uh, th- but these are um, it there's a comfort, I guess, to to when you discover these truths to to know it and then and then wonder what's next. Like if this is if this is part is true, what's beyond that? And so it does become, you know, it's I may have said this before, but it is like a spiritual exploration. And for me personally, that's fun and exciting and, you know, it helps me make make me who I am.
0: Last question. Yep. If this belief was not true, would you want to know
4: it? So, I don't even... How would they do that? I guess. um, I mean, certainly someone could come up to me and say, yeah, reincarnation is not true. But how would they even prove that? Right? Like, how would they prove that? So, I don't... We could absolutely have a conversation, but I can't... You know, their data... And my data aren't going to jive and we would just agree to disagree, I think.
0: <laughs> and I don't have, I don't know if I have great evidence for it, but my belief is, is that people feel uncomfortable having these conversations overall.
4: I, I was going to say overall, I think you're right. I, I think if there's a sadness in any, in religion, I think, I think that it sometimes fear gets into religion and and so instead of it being about love, it's almost more about fear. And I think that's that's sad. And I, yeah, I think there's a fair amount of that.
0: We have a conversation with another follower of Ekankar, Cedric, after this short break.
5: Culture's not my own. I don't love anyone except for, of course, Canadians. Our love is like Drew Barrymore. Charming in 94, but not so much anymore. Our love is like Drew Barrymore.
2: I believe I am soul, and as soul, you know, having this body, you know, it to let, to allow me to have different experiences to discover ways to, you know, how I fit in the creation in general, you know, my relationship in regard to, you know, the other creatures, you know, like I mean, life and uh, you know, a higher power we call God. So, for me, it started with uh, being raised from, you know, like, I mean, in a different faith and having many questions left unanswered. And as, you know, like, uh, I became familiar with the teachings, my current teachings, Ekanga, I realized, you know, most of my questions found answers. And I was able to prove it to myself. So, it comes from uh, experience, inner experiences, and proving it to myself. By using the tools you know Ekanka put at my disposal,
0: is it possible to have these kinds of inner experiences and come to a different conclusion about the soul?
2: I can only speak to myself I mean, for myself, you know and uh, based on at first I was a very big skeptic and I, I mean usually I would prove it to myself before I can even get on board. So I would say once you know I, I was able to prove it to myself, I was completely, you know, it allowed me to get bolder and bolder on my spiritual, you know, like discoveries and spiritual path.
0: Let's say sitting next to you is Jenny.
2: Okay.
0: And Jenny practices voodoo. I'm just an example. Perfect. And Jenny has had these experiences, and the more she's had these experiences, the more she realizes that her belief in voodoo is correct, and that's a true belief for her, how do we distinguish what's real, what's true between what you believe in the concept of the soul and what, what say Jenny believes in no concept of the soul?
2: That's a great point. And I, I mean, it's a uh, very interesting because another thing I like about, you know, like my current path, Ekanka, is the freedom that comes with it. The freedom not to, in you know, infer on others' belief, or not to try to convert anybody. Sure. And I will, I mean, if you know, to Jenny, I would say I respect your belief, I understand your perspective, because similarly, it's like uh, us trying to look at an elephant, you know, in the room from a different perspective. So we all have a different level of consciousness and perspective, and none is bigger than the other or better than the other.
0: So she could not believe in a soul. And you could believe in a soul. And you're saying that both Jenny and you would be correct
2: to believe that? Uh, I won't won't be able to prove her wrong. And she won't be able to prove me wrong because of what I was able to prove to myself.
0: But do you want to know things that are true? Yes, I do. Then how can we find out?
2: For me, I I asked myself that question for a long time. And... uh, For now, I'm finding out, you know, based on the experience I get by using the tools, you know, being put at my disposal. You know, and one of them being chanting, you know, like uh, the word heal. So with that, I just, you know, as I was starting, for instance, I just told myself, okay, God, if there's a God, you know, uh, please show me truth. And I sang "heal." And I started having inner experiences ranging from dreams, you know, to like, uh, you know, um, deja vus, you know, that was able that those were able to prove to me that not only reincarnation exists, that I have, you know, like a bigger role to play serving God and your creation and also that I was more than my body.
0: Could you have dreams and deja vu and not? come to the conclusion that there is a soul
2: or reincarnation or something like that? I believe so. You know, anything is possible depending on, you know, like, uh, the, the experiences and, uh, uh, the, the consciousness. It's all about consciousness. I
0: guess I, I really want to know what's true. Me, I do yeah. personally. And I want to know how, you know, what you believe is true. And I want to know what is your best example that you could give me to help me
2: um, um, it's the interesting i had the same reaction you know with a friend who introduced me i found a canka on campus and i came to him like you know as we started understanding getting to know each other you know like studying together i told him exactly i am tired i need to know what's true out there i i mean everything seems right you know but i'm still left with that you know seeking of truth And all he told me that day, after listening to me, he told me, I have one tool I would like to share with you. Sing this word, and if you are genuinely looking for truth, it will come to you. And I sang it, you know, and since then, I can honestly say that I was able to prove to myself that all my questions I had, I'm not there yet, I'm not perfect, you know, I'm always learning, but... I was able to prove and get my answers using those tools, and they helped me get a bit further on my spiritual path.
0: If this belief was not true, how would you know it?
2: For now, now, I mean, for myself, I know it to be true. It all, for me, comes down to the experience. And that's where, you know, like... I won't go after dogmas or you know like believe this or this or that or you know like dualities and stuff but it's like putting tools it's like for instance so to someone who wants to learn how to write, give them a pen, a paper, and a way to do it. Once I have the tools, I can, you know.
0: Is there any experience you could have that would sway you on this belief that would point to some evidence that maybe this isn't true? Is there anything that could happen in your life that would change your belief?
2: Um, Maybe. You know, I'm not in the position to know what's ahead, you know, but focusing on like what I have now, maybe something may happen that will, you know, shake my belief or make me question and put me back, you know, like on the quest or something. But as of now, you know, and uh, like, and I can honestly say, I have no questions so far that I haven't been able to answer with the tools I have at my disposal, the spiritual tools.
0: Could someone have many tools at their disposal, spiritual tools, as you say, that really help them and help them get through life and all the challenges? Yet the belief that sp- brings these tools not be true.
2: Being in this physical world, I won't say everything is perfect. As long as, you know, we are all here to learn. So there will always be a level of, I mean, excellency to go after. So not every tool or the ideology behind those tools may be perfect. But if the individual, depending on their growing state of consciousness, can use any tool at their disposal to prove things to themselves and be happy, loving, and just fitting the overall creation scheme, I think, you know, uh, I would say it's mission accomplished.
0: Using our example of Jenny again, let's say Jenny doesn't have any religion and doesn't believe in God even, let's say, yet Jenny practices love, and she loves other other people, and she really wants to live in a world with more love. Is there anything we can say about the truth of your belief versus Jenny's belief?
2: I would say it's equally as good, both, because, I mean, I've had the chance, the honor, to know some agnostic, agnostics, and deep down, they have a personal code they go by. And I usually tend to recognize You know, the tree by the fruits it bears.
0: If these people have a personal code that's not based on a soul or reincarnation, what extra does it give us that we're not getting from?
2: It may not be getting any extra. If Jenny is happy with uh, where she's at and what her current beliefs or lack of beliefs are, I will say it's perfectly fine because there's no need, you know, to force someone, you know, sure, into my belief, sure. you know.
0: But I'm trying to understand why believe in what you believe yes. if you look at Jenny and there's no reason to for Jenny's, you know, Jenny.
2: Yeah. So I believe what I believe because given the tools I was given, that I was able to find answers for myself that work for me, you know, in my current state Mm -hmm. as I am now. And if the same applies to Jenny with uh, whatever tools or lack of tools, you know, she has at her disposal, I respect that. And, uh, you know, it's uh, there's no, you know, like comparison between, you know, like beliefs or state of consciousness.
0: If this belief wasn't true, would you want to know it?
2: One thing I do is to stay open to whatever truth because it's an ever going you know an ever-growing quest the spiritual quest so staying open not stale you know and that's where for instance I like the spiritual exercises we have to always keep exploring you know and you may carry around you know like things that we are going to expand you know I come across things that expand my state of consciousness so if there comes a time when you know like oh, Staying open leads me to whatever comes my way. Using those tools, I will be able to, you know, uh, I hope to be able to, you know, face those as well.
0: Why do you think there are so many people who believe in so many different beliefs and there can be so different?
2: The diversity in state of consciousness and uh, the way we have, you know, to assimilate truth as we see it, into something that's understandable and uh, acceptable to ourselves.
0: Is there a universal truth, a truth that exists and persists, whether we exist or not?
2: So for me, I believe there's a universal truth that may manifest or be perceived. You know, it's like a Uh, back to my analogy earlier the elephant in the room and we're seeing it from a different perspective so there is one elephant seen from different angles so there is for me you know a universal truth that we all are experiencing from different perspectives
0: and what about the person who doesn't believe that elephant exists
2: it's also a perspective
0: from the WHUP studios in downtown Hillsboro, North Carolina, I'm Mark Solomon, and you've just listened to another episode of Being Reasonable. Questions? Thoughts? Connect with us at beingreasonableshow.com. See you next week.
6: thing swooping like an airplane I'm always on the go my costume my costume is bulletproof I'm strong enough to leave a bruise and I know how to sew I dress in in a red poncho While wearing red boots that glow I streak across the sky I'd make a Make a good hero If I wasn't such a zero And caused you to cry I am just like Superman is to make you blue I am just like Superman,
5: Superman with my super strength long overdue